everyone wants to get more sleep, and there are a ton of different sleep hacks out there, noise machines, meditation, earplugs, which I do, but you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl & Branch. We have Bowl & Branch sheets in our house. They're in white. They are so soft. In fact, we say all the time, but they really do get softer with every wash. And the sheets also come in a really pretty box, kind of wrapped up like a present just for you. They feel buttery and breathable to start. And again, as Motion and I always say, they get softer with every wash. Best of all, it feels a little bit luxurious every time you slip into bed. These best-selling sheets are also made with the finest 100% organic cotton. They are completely free from toxins, soft yet super breathable. There's a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash them, style them, and sleep in them for an entire month. And if you don't really love them, you could send them back right away. And again, they're made without toxins. There's no synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. So sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use the promo code MONEWS at bowlandbranch.com. That is Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. That promo code MONEWS, M-O-N-E-W-S, for 15%, off your order. Hey everyone, it is Wednesday, August 10th. I'm Mo Shwanunu and you're listening to the Daily Mo News Podcast. We have a double hitter for you today. Uh, This morning we are bringing you the headlines and then check us out at noon today for a second podcast. It's the beginning of our series with former CIA Director Michael Morell. Today is focused on China, Taiwan, the threat of war, etc. So that'll be a second podcast this afternoon. It'll be the beginning of a multi-part series. I had the good fortune of sitting down with him earlier this week. But this morning, we bring you the headlines. This is the place, of course, where we try to bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. Reread all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. There are a lot of headlines to get to on this Wednesday morning, but one is dominating the news cycle right now. That is the FBI raid that went down at Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago on Monday. We have more on what Trump's lawyers are now saying about what was found. You have sent me hundreds of questions on Instagram. I'll try to answer as many as I can today. We also have some good news on the gas price front. Uh, It has dropped to a notable level. We'll have more on that. And anyone who has an iPhone knows about those green bubbles when you get a text from an Android user. Well, it turns out Google is now going after Apple for the technology they're using. I'll have an explanation of what is happening there and whether we might see an end to the notorious green bubble sometime soon. And finally, Serena Williams, the GOAT, announces she's leaving tennis. I'll end the podcast today with that announcement and how much more time we might be able to see her play. But let's get started here with the latest into the FBI unprecedented raid into the former president's residence at Mar-a-Lago. Politicians, legal experts, uh, media types, everyone is reacting. There are questions as to what he had there, what the FBI found, and why the Justice Department had to turn to a search warrant to get what they were looking for. As I told you Tuesday, and as I'm sure you've been seeing in the headlines, FBI agents on Monday searched Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. It's also a private club. This is all part of a federal investigation into whether the former president took classified records from the White House and that he's been keeping them there for now. It goes on a year and a half in his house in Florida. One of Trump's attorneys did some interviews with conservative media on Tuesday. She said that the FBI left with 12 boxes of documents. 
Many Republicans have been circling the wagons here. They are livid. They're saying this is overreach. They have been coming to the former president's defense. A few have been slightly cautious here, but for the most part, Republicans are circling the wagons around Trump. Many Democrats, their message has been, no one is above the law in this country, not even the president. But I want to back up here and tell you what this is all about, because this is what a lot of you have been asking about. So there's a law called the Presidential Records Act. It basically says that documents sent and received by the president while they are in the White House must be preserved in the National Archive. The National Archives, you might have visited them in Washington. Uh, they have warehouses and warehouses of material and boxes, and that goes that stretches back a number of presidents. It became clear last year as the archives was going through the documents that former President Trump took a number of things from the White House when he left back in January 2021. This past January, about seven months ago, the archives retrieved 15 boxes of documents from Mar-a-Lago. They did note when they got those documents that some of them had been ripped up, taped together, some were missing, and this did not appear to be the end of everything they were seeking from the former president. You might have also seen all the reports out there. Uh, this comes from people who worked inside the White House that Trump had a tendency to rip up documents. There are also accusations, though the president denies this, that he flushed some things down the toilet while he was in the White House. The president, of course, denies that part. But there's a larger storyline about the not altogether tight record keeping. So anyway, the archives retrieves these documents. They say there are more. So later in the spring, federal agents, including a Justice Department counterintelligence official, counterintelligence agents, by the way, protect America from foreign spies, they all come down to Mar-a-Lago to discuss materials that they believe Trump still has and improperly took with him when he left the White House. At this spring meeting, they found materials there, uh, including pages of classified documents. And by law, those are materials that must be preserved and sent to the National Archives. So at that meeting in the spring, they spoke with Trump's representatives. Uh, they inspected a storage space. They actually asked to put locks on some of the uh, areas where they were keeping certain documents. But there was a concern that the uh, former president was still holding on to some stuff that needed to be in government custody. This is what officials are telling The Washington Post. That now leads us to this summer. So after these meetings, there's this back and forth. It's been going for 18 months, these meetings about getting all these documents back. And it appears... And this is when you talk to legal experts, uh, who, when you ask why they got a search warrant, that a search warrant is uh, typically given when there are concerns that records might be destroyed or not given up. So the Miami Herald down in Florida reports that the FBI agents went ahead and obtained a search warrant from a federal magistrate judge in West Palm Beach to gather dozens of boxes containing the alleged classified material. So this is an 18-month saga, and the federal agents felt concerned enough about these classified materials that they went ahead and got this search warrant to search the premises on Monday. Former prosecutors will tell you that a search like this would have required a very high standard of evidence. A judge doesn't just, you know, approve a search of a former president's home. And the belief is that the FBI must have had pretty good probable cause here for the search uh, and knew what they were looking for. Now, we don't know what they ended up coming away with, those 12 boxes the lawyers say they took away. But ultimately, uh, the belief, again, these are outside prosecutors, not people with knowledge of the case, that the FBI wouldn't just request a search of a former president's home without knowing there are vital materials being held on the premises. 
Trump was up in New York during the FBI visit. There's a, one report that apparently they waited to make sure uh, he wasn't going to be at the premises during the search. They didn't want to create extra drama here. His attorneys were present, though. That includes Christina Bob, who spoke with conservative media Tuesday. She's one of Trump's attorneys. She criticized the search warrant in an interview, calling it, quote, thin. And she did confirm that they were looking for classified documents related to the Presidential Records Act. This is, you know, the National Archives situation. Because there have been questions about whether this might be related to January 6th. This appears to be strictly a situation in relation to the documents taken from the White House. Now, interestingly, if you talk to prosecutors who are familiar with FBI search warrants, FBI protocol is to typically leave the home with a receipt of all documents taken, a full inventory. So this means that people on the Trump end have a receipt, effectively, an inventory of everything that was taken in these alleged 12 boxes. Uh, the feds don't talk about an ongoing investigation, but given all the criticism Trump and his team are throwing out there, they do have a full inventory that I guess ostensibly they could talk about in the media saying this is what they took from the premises. But so far, they aren't revealing what was taken either. Now, one thing to bear in mind here, and this is why I want to be very careful about how we're covering this story, just because this search happened doesn't mean criminal charges are imminent against the president. The FBI merely has to suspect a crime and they have to convince a judge that they must search the home of a former president. We'll have to continue to watch this. The reaction has been fast and furious. Uh, I'm going to talk about the politics and the legal side here. Let's start with politics. Trump has deployed aides and family to speak out. You might have been seeing his sons, Eric, uh, Don Jr., etc., speaking out. And he's had a number of aides who are reaching out, calling the FBI corrupt, saying this is all political. Some Republicans are going much farther than that, calling for things like defunding the FBI. So there's been a very aggressive pushback here. For its part, the Biden White House says they do not receive a heads up on these things. Remember, the FBI and DOJ operate independent of the White House. Many presidents try to keep up this wall, uh, say that the legal system must be independent uh, and must be apolitical. And so that's what they're seeing over at the White House. One notable thing is that the current FBI director, Chris Wray, is a lifelong Republican who was appointed by Donald Trump after Trump fired the previous director, remember James Comey. Trump fired him, appointed Ray, initially was a big fan of his, but uh, he soured on Ray throughout his presidency. And there are reports that Trump, by the end of his presidency, wanted to fire Ray as well. He was talked out of that by aides who were like, you can't fire another FBI director. It didn't take many minutes before most Republicans uh, started to rally around Donald Trump. That includes Republicans in the House, in the Senate, and even some that are planning to potentially run against him for president in 2024. Republicans, particularly uh, in the House, are saying the FBI needs to be investigated itself. Some on the far right are saying, let's go as far as defunding the FBI. Kevin McCarthy, he will be the incoming Speaker of the House if Republicans, as they're expected to, win a majority of House seats this fall. He put out a statement that said that Attorney General Merrick Garland, who oversees the FBI needs to preserve his documents. That effectively means the Republicans will be pursuing investigations into the DOJ, the FBI, coming uh, soon, coming to Congress this January, should they take a majority. An aide to Trump uh, tells the Washington Post that Trump has been watching uh, with joy as all the Republicans have come around to support him. Uh, he apparently is excitedly bragging that you know he still has support and power in the party, and he actually thinks... Trump is telling people that this search will help him politically in the end. Of course, we still don't know what they discovered, but Trump is bullish that this will help him. Some of Trump's advisors actually are now urging him 
to move up his expected announcement to run for president again. Uh, remember, he wants to run against Biden again. There's been talk about pushing it off until early next year when typically you begin to make announcements. He was eager to go early. Some aides are saying, with the FBI search as a backdrop, announce from Mar-a-Lago as soon as possible. There is no commitment, though, that he would do that. As I mentioned, some of the Republicans who are running against him in 2024, and that includes Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, all came out in support of Trump. DeSantis said that this was evidence of the weaponization of federal agencies. Tim Scott, a senator from South Carolina, Chris Christie, you might remember him, former governor of New Jersey, have adopted more of an, a wait-and-see approach, saying, let's see what the FBI comes up with. Many Trump supporters are rallying online. You've seen the reaction on conservative websites, on Twitter. Uh, some have shown up outside Mar-a-Lago to support him with Trump flags and say they're there to uh, support the former president against what they believe is a political investigation. Some extremists are even calling for armed uprising against the government, though I haven't seen anything as far as organizing efforts there. For their part, Democrats are saying Trump has had 18 months to return these documents. He knows and he had lawyers. He should have known that he can't keep classified documents in his own possession. He hasn't returned all of them. And so they're not surprised that the FBI had to turn to a search warrant here. And finally here, there is the potential legal fallout. It remains to be seen as we don't know what's in the documents, what Trump's involvement was. Are there any ramifications as far as our adversaries getting a hold of stuff? There have been stories of uh, foreign spy agencies that have made their way into Mar-a-Lago over the course of the last few years. Uh, one thing that raises suspicion, I mentioned that meeting in the spring where the agents were visiting Mar-a-Lago, that included a counterintelligence agent. Remember, counterintelligence agents are there to deal with foreign spies. Mishandling classified documents can be a crime punishable by jail time. We have had a couple examples in recent years, and that's when this was a misdemeanor. This is now a felony. There's a former Clinton National Security Advisor named Sandy Berger. Uh, he was convicted of mishandling classified documents. He received a fine. Uh, you also might remember David Petraeus, the former CIA director. He also dealt with mishandling classified information with a biographer a few years ago. He received two years probation and a fine as well. And finally, a couple of you have asked about this. The law states when it comes to the mishandling of documents that if one is found guilty, it could prevent you from holding federal office. So people are asking, does this mean former President Trump, if convicted here, might not be able to run again? But a number of legal experts say, and they've discussed this for years because this came up during the Hillary emails situation, that ultimately it comes down to the Constitution, which declares eligibility for the presidency. Regardless of what this law says, the Constitution, they believe, overrides this. And I'll remind you that the only things the Constitution says about qualifications to be president are that you have to be 35 years old, you have to be born, a natural born citizen of the USA, and that you can only be elected twice. Other than that, there is nothing else preventing you from being president. I, of course, will continue to watch this as this whole story unfolds. Now, I want to get to a couple other headlines before I let you go on this Wednesday. The U.S. national average for the price of gasoline has finally slid below $4. Yeah, it's $3.99. That's the average. Uh, finally, on Tuesday, that was for the first time since back in March. That's all according to the tracking service GasBuddy. So the average is down to $3.99 a gallon. Uh, GasBuddy tracks it in all 50 states. That marks a fall of more than $1 a gallon since the peak. The peak was $5.03 on June 14th, and it's been straight down since then. That actually now means that Americans will be spending $400 million less a day on gas than they did in mid-June. So what's bringing it down? It appears we are. U.S. gasoline inventories have risen in recent weeks, and that confirms that there is less demand from consumers. 
There's an old adage that the only cure for high gas prices is high prices. Data from the Energy Information Administration last week indicates that gas demand dropped from 9 million barrels a day, just over 9 million barrels, to 8.5 million barrels a day. And so it appears that uh, throughout June and July, two-thirds of adults said they changed their driving habits or lifestyle. The two top changes were driving less and combining errands. And so ultimately, right now, where we're at this summer, and one of the reasons we've seen this drop is that we are consuming a million barrels a day less this year versus last year. Let's keep our fingers crossed for no major hurricanes or any other disruptions to the gas supply and hope that this trend continues. An update on the Alex Jones story. He, of course, is the right-wing talk show host and conspiracy theorist. We were telling you about him last week in the first of several trials. A jury awarded parents who were suing Jones over defamation allegations $45 million. But if you talk to legal experts right now, it appears that Jones might only end up owing 10% of that or even less. There was the two-week trial in Austin, Texas, and that's where Jones's InfoWars radio show and webcast is based. He was found last year to have defamed parents of a six-year-old who died in the Sandy Hook Elementary shooting back in 2012. Jones has basically said that these parents, all the parents, were part of a government plot to stage a massacre. They were all actors. And so this is what some parents have been dealing with uh, on top of losing their child. Supporters of uh, Jones have been found to be threatening these families, death threats to these families. And so they sued Jones and were asking for $150 million. The jury awarded them collectively just under $50 million. But the issue is that Texas law caps damages at $750,000, punitive damages, when economic losses are not involved. A lawyer for the family thinks they'll still get several million, but... Uh, ultimately here, Texas law will win the day, many experts believe, and that Jones may only end up having to pay less than a million dollars of the 50 million or so damages that he was awarded by a jury. And Jones has several upcoming trials, including two in Connecticut from additional Sandy Hook families who are also alleging the defamation. We're going to keep monitoring that. And I'll note that Jones has a couple more trials he's facing in Connecticut from more Sandy Hook families who are also suing him for defamation. And so Uh, His legal uh, issues are not ending anytime soon. Some tech news here, and this probably covers most of us, except uh, unless a few of you have flip phones out there. Google is taking aim at Apple for those dreaded green bubbles. On Tuesday, uh, Google rolled out something new on its website, taking a jab at Apple over what they say is Apple's failure to improve the user experience between iPhone and Android users. I myself have an iPhone, and you know if you have an iPhone that if you get a text from someone with an Android phone, it shows up in a green message bubble. Uh, And it's not a pleasant experience. There's songs about this, et cetera. And users have been very frustrated through the years. In fact, it's probably worked to Apple's advantage here in getting people to convert from Android to iPhone. But users have been complaining about cross-device messaging, uh, poor quality compressed videos. You know, if if you're an iPhone user and you get a video or photo from an Android user, it doesn't show up as nicely. There's not read receipts. There's a lot of headaches here. And so Google blames Apple for how they're conducting themselves here and say that they're using antiquated technology, SMS and MMS, which is why we're seeing these issues. Google says that Apple could use something called Rich Communication Services, RSC, which is the new modern industry standard meant to improve how people can send texts, calls, uh, emojis, videos, photos. Google rolled out something on its Android website with the headline, it's time for Apple to fix texting. The page actually prompts visitors over at android.com to share the social media campaign, help at Apple, hashtag get the message. 
Having read the coverage so far on Tuesday night, I have not seen a response from Apple yet. And I want to end today here with a major headline out of the sports world saying, quote, the countdown has begun. 23-time Grand Slam champion Serena Williams has said she is ready to move away from tennis. It all came early Tuesday in a release in Vogue magazine and a post on her Instagram account. She says she's ready to step away from tennis so she can turn her focus to having another child and her business interests. Williams was not specific as to the timeline for her last match, but she did make it sound that this year's U.S. Open, which begins later this month in New York, could be the last time we see her in a major event. She wrote very eloquently here, and I'll read you a couple of the quotes. She wrote, quote, There comes a time in life when we have to decide to move in a different direction. That time is always hard when you love something so much. My goodness, do I enjoy tennis. But now the countdown has begun. Williams, who turns 41 next month, uh, continued to write, I have to focus on being a mom, my spiritual goals, and finally discovering a different but just as exciting Serena. She did add, by the way, that she believes she's in a tough spot. She wrote, believe me, I never wanted to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. She mentions, of course, Brady there, who's now in his mid-40s and continues uh, to be an NFL quarterback. Serena's had an incredible career. It'll be very sad to see her go, but it'll also be very exciting to see what she is up to next. A reminder again that we have another edition today. It'll be the first part of a multi-part series with the former CIA director. We'll be diving deep into China. Actually, one of the questions I do ask him today in today's part is also about the best movies and TV shows when it comes to depictions of the CIA. We talk about Homeland. Um, so it'll be very interesting, and I think you guys will really enjoy that series. So take a look at that episode. That pops later today. I want to thank all of you for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. We want your feedback on the podcast. Please email me your thoughts, podcast at mo.news. Also, be sure to follow us, subscribe to us on whatever app you're listening to this podcast on. Review us in the App Store. Uh, every single review makes a difference. Beyond this podcast, I'd love if you would subscribe to the newsletter, the Mo News newsletter over at monews.goldhin.com. And if you aren't already, follow me over on Instagram for the latest and greatest 24-7 over at, at Mo at M-O-S-H-E-H. And of course, I'll see you back here tomorrow with the headlines.